Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Heidi ho Welcome to the fantastic, fabulous Friday edition of the Dennis and Andy Show. What a better way to close out your week than looking at these two fine specimens of human beings. Can't argue with that. We all know. right. That's Andy. I'm Dennis. That's Dennis. And as I see, he's a comic appraiser. I am. I actually knew that already. So I know you did, but you know what? Not everybody does. I thought I I actually relate to you more of a comic praiser because when you come over, all you do is praise my comics. Oh, you don't praise them. I see what you you did. (laughs) That's right. (coughs) Wow. Getting all choked up over that one. I know you should be. So we are here to talk about a few things. Uh, We're going to talk WandaVision. We're going to talk uh, that Falcon Winter Soldier TV spot, and we're going to shed light uh, or, I guess, share our opinions on the whole Gina Carano Disney thing. Lots of of updates, lots of of continuous information. Everything keeps changing. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. You might say it's a fluid situation. You could. You could. absolutely could. So we'll start with WandaVision. Uh, we both watched it today. Dennis had his home. We had our homework of watching it before we uh, recorded. And uh, spoilers. So if you haven't seen it. You, yeah. You if you haven't seen it as bit. much as we like you to watch us. Bye. Because we're talking about it. Um, you know, last week's episode ended with the big surprise of Quicksilver coming back. And was it the Quicksilver actor from Avengers? No. It was the Quicksilver actor from the X-Men movies. Well, and here's what I enjoyed with that. So last week it was the the surprise, the very ending when Evan Peters showed up. Yeah. And she's looking at him like, Pietro? And you're like, whoa, this opens up so many possibilities. This week's episode, episode six, opens up, but it shows a flashback of Aaron Taylor Johnson's character when he died in the Avengers Age of Ultron movie. And I was like, oh, dang, that really already sparked a whole interest in this episode. Yeah, I saw that. Courtney and I both were like, Oh my God! They actually threw that in of when he was get, when he got shot and killed and stuff, and then you know you get into the episode, and you know uh, they all you know now they're in the nineties. My daughter asked me what TV show they were kind of riffing for this one, and I just told her I said I don't remember. I just know it's the nineties, but I knew Dennis would know, and he did. Yep. yep, Malcolm in the Middle. As soon as the opening credit where it went Wandavision. And uh, it's in the entire start. Oh, my God. It was so absolutely hilarious. 
absolutely hilarious because my kids watch that all the time. Love that show. Yeah, I watched it too. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch it till the end. I think I only watched a couple seasons. But anyhow, so that's the show they referenced for the opening. Uh, it's Halloween. Wanda comes down in her. I love this. I loved everything about the episode. You know, uh, Wanda comes down in her true Scarlet Witch costume from the comic books, just looking so freaking hot. It's yep. it's it's not even funny how how <coughs> gorgeous she looked in that. Here's the opening, so you guys well, can see it. The the opening was just funny because it was done in the exact style. They even had Agnes bending over and it said naughty and it looked like it was bedazzled or something like that yeah. in her jeans and her butt. That was just hilarious. Yep. Yep. But they, they they did so many things throughout this episode that were very reminiscent. The the facial shots, like when you know Evan Peters, you know, is laying there on the couch and the camera zoomed up right on his face and you can see the kids talking in the background. I mean, that's what they do with Malcolm or, you know, anybody in the family It's the stylistic approach. I mean, this was totally a Malcolm in the middle ripoff for good reason. I mean, that was a great show with a lot of, a lot of interesting artistic features. So I, they paid really good homage to it. It was enjoyable if you hadn't seen it, you might not catch some of it, but it was it was good. But in here, yeah. like I said, they showed uh, it was a Halloween episode, so she's in her Scarlet Witch costume from the comics, which she looked phenomenal. And I'm not saying they could have used this in the movies because I don't think it would work. But I think if they tweaked it some, they could have gotten away with like the headdress and stuff if they just kind of made it more with the materials that they use in the movies and, and even if they showed like some segments to it and stuff, uh, the vision costume straight out of the comic books, you know, it, it looked goofy as hell. And that's where I thought they went like with hers didn't look goofy, right? His looked goofy because of the shorts he was wearing because he literally had those big nineties and it, it, they were yellow jogging shorts. Yeah, green leotard, you know, I thought it was great. I mean, they were on there and it looked like a Halloween costume. He's got the the silky, you know, golden uh, cape on and everything like that. Just it was just fun to see, you know, and it was a dark, deeper red, not like the red we've seen him in the movies. It's like more how it was in the comic book. Really good. Yeah. The kids, my daughter just totally lost it when the kids got their little costumes because the one boy totally, not totally, but dressed enough like Wiccan where you could tell, you know, from the comic. So that was cool. And then when Pietro, you know, Wanda said something to him about not having a costume, so he zips out and zips back. And he's got the classic, you know, thrown together, but it's totally the Quicksilver costume from the comics. Even they they worked his hair up, I thought, a little too much because I thought it looked too much like Wolverine. The way they did it. Yeah. Well, they, they just overdid it. But yeah. when he and um, he and uh, Evan show up at the, in the door and they both got in, you know, in the comic book, 
you know, Tommy's got, he would have green because he's kind of greenish uh, in the comic. But I actually thought it was really cool that, you know, that he and Pietro show back up at the door and they're both in like matching little outfits and they both get to, to see the, you know, they, they've got, they're related. They've got each other's abilities, which is really cool. And, you know, uncle, you know, uncle Pietro was really excited for that. Yep. Um, you know, things get, things get weird in town. She, you know, he's a vision is supposed to be, oh, we're not there yet. So we'll just talk about the well. One more. There's one after it. They got mixed around in there. There's actual the picture on uh, the one right after the Winter Soldier one. You can actually see it's. Uh, oh yeah, here. Let me pull style. that up. I got it. That hair just cracks me up. Yep, yep. And that reminds me of the 1960s. You know, um, in in like the early X Men and and stuff like that. How he had his hair and and his cocky attitude and everything like that. And, you know, it was, again, from a costume standpoint, all of their costumes for Halloween were exactly what you would picture they were in the comic book. So really good homage paid to play to all of it. Story-wise, Wanda's, there's a little cracking, I guess, is the only way I can say it going on with her, because in this scene, she looks away and then she looks back at him and his shirt has the bullet holes in it with the blood and his face is made up to look like he's basically been dead a while. So, you know, and she, of course she freaks out and she sees that and turns away and then she turns back and he's fine. And, you know, it's that classic. He's like, what's the matter? Is everything okay? So you can see that uh, things are, things are changing with her and stuff. Well, the, the, in this, this reality, this episode answers a lot of the questions that we've been having. Is this Mephisto? Is this another entity? Is Did she create this? Is there an outside influence? No, this episode answered everything that we needed to for the most part. This is, you know, it. this is all in her head. These are all from her memories. And when she looks away and she gets scared... You see the bullet holes that are bleeding, and they're the, in the exact same spot oh, yeah. that the bullet holes were in there. And he goes, now also realize that Pietro is aware of everything that happened. He knows that he's playing a part. Why are you here? Well, you needed me. I heard you call. I remember being shot. I was out in the street. You called. I knew you needed me, so I came here. It's her memories of him. And that's why she, when she cracked, like you said, she recognized the memory. So he's basically, he and Vision, they're like weekend at Bernie's, basically. You know? Well, yeah. And I thought it was interesting, too, because unlike Vision, uh, Pietro was even saying stuff like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is the part of the story where you do this or plot device this, whatever. In, he knows you know, the, he's a character the, the in a sitcom. story that she's creating. Right. Right. So I thought that was uh, that was interesting. The vision is obviously a big role in this episode because he's definitely keying in on things. Again, you know, in, in the fifth episode last week in the office where vision works, you know, one of his co-workers basically 
was able to snap back to the real reality and freaked out a little bit. And that keyed vision in. And so vision just, you know, did something to him. So he would, he'd stop basically freaking out and pop them back into the Wanda world. You could call it. And in this vision walks to a certain part of town where it's, it's this cul-de-sac and everybody's just kind of frozen standing there. So he, he changes from the comic book Halloween costume to his real vision outfit costume flies up into the air and he notices on the edge of town, a car and he goes down to the car and it's Agnes sitting in the car and she's just, you know, she's just not all there. So he, you know, he touches her head and basically pulls her to reality and she kind of freaks out a little bit too. Because Courtney asked me, and I think it, I think this whole world is Wanda's doing, and Courtney still thinks it could be Agnes. And I just, I don't think it is at all. Nope. nope. I think and it's all Wanda. This episode answered that because yeah. she understands and she's like, what? And then she knows he's the vision and he doesn't even know it because he's got no memories. Because going back to the earlier episodes, when Wanda Wicks goes in to take her, his body, I mean, he's a husk. He's in pieces. She right. literally collects it together and turns it into like an old iron golem, basically puts it on there, puts a new shell, and fills up his memories with her memories of what she th remembers everything that he is, which is why his interpretation and hers aren't the same. Everything that we're seeing is based on her memories. Well, and that's what was great when Agnes said, when, when the vision basically pulled her to reality and she's like you're the vision and he's like yeah and she's like you're an avenger and he's like what's an avenger you know and that right. was just like oh and she's like you're dead does that mean i'm dead and he was right. just like what? she's like oh oh i'm am i dead <laughs> and she and it was great because the vision actually makes his he gets to the force field and he actually breaks through it and when he's coming through, he's he's it's he's fighting real hard because he's being pulled back, drawn back to it, and then finally, like pieces of him and chunks of him are get are, are coming off his body, being pulled back into the into West is it it's Westville, right? Yeah, yeah, being pulled back into Westville, which means the longer he stays out there, he'll just die again. Yes, so, I mean, it was such, uh, it, 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 like I said, I wasn't a fan of the first three episodes, but they've redeemed themselves with these past few because everything's clicking more and it's moving along. I still think they wasted too much time with those first three, just basically sitcom world, but they're beyond me now. I can well, look ahead. And, and a couple of other things to know, Wiccan, he senses that dad is in trouble and he comes running over there and quick uh, um, speed is like running by and he uses, you see his ability. He's got Wanda's yeah. power and it manifests. He sticks his arm out. It's blue instead of red like hers, but yeah. he uses his telekinesis basically to stop him in mid tracks. Dad's in trouble, you know, visions in trouble. What? And, you know, and he takes off and then he's able to talk. And the other thing that Wiccan did, which was cool, because, again, it's Malcolm in the middle. 
he breaks through the wall and he talks directly to us, the audience, which is what Malcolm would do. He would be interacting and he'd go, you know, this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so, right. which is exactly what Wiccan did, which was really great because that means Wiccan must, might have this awareness also that he is in this magical construct created by his mother. But here's the thing. You remember in the comics that she basically, Scarlet, if I remember correctly, didn't Scarlet Witch basically snap in the comics when she realized the two kids she had weren't real? They were just the manifestation of her powers or whatever? Yeah, it's so, all the House of uh, M stuff. And yeah, right. that's so, triggered this. So what's going to happen? It, it, that's what I'm looking forward to is what's going to happen in the end of this when she doesn't, you know, it's back to reality. Vision's dead and she does not have two kids. Or will she? I mean, this is the part where, which yeah. is going to be interesting because in the comics, if I remember correctly, um, Mephisto is tied in because I believe the kids were like shards from Mephisto or something like that. I'm, I'd actually I have remember. to go back and reread that, but I think so. And I think that's why people were coming up with all this Mephisto stuff. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, something tells me these kids are going to be here to stay. Somehow they're going to become permanent um, or her magic makes them permanent. I don't know. There's There's definitely some questions to be answered. Well, then in the real world, I guess you could you could call it the real world outside of Westville. You've got Monica uh, Rambeau, um, Darcy, and God, I always forget John Woo's character's name. Jimmy. It's Jimmy and Jimmy. Yeah. And uh, they basically are, you know, the, the, the dude in charge of sword there. I can't remember his name basically is like, get out of here. You three just get out of here. So they go into another part of the base and hack a computer. And he can, you can, you see that he has eyes in the sky over Westville somehow to know where the vision's at and where other people are and stuff. And then you also, uh, Darcy finds, you know, is able to hack in on the computer and find that Monica's blood and DNA is changing from her being in there and coming out. So right there, you're like, Oh yeah, she's going to get her powers. You know, you just kind of hope that she gets to use them where they show some hint of them by the end of the episode that would lead into, I hope Captain Marvel too. Yeah. Now the question is, is it going to be photon? I mean, they're implying because with right. the name Photon and her mother up on the plaque, we're kind of thinking um, that, that that might be the case. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to, uh, uh, to see which way they go with her. But, yeah, no, we're starting to see because it's uh, Tyler Hayward is the director's name, the character. And he he's starting to show, is, is he really a purely good guy or – does he have some animosity? Because he really makes a speech in there talking about how he doesn't like superhero peoples and hinting that they're right. causing all of these problems, which, of course, being an X-Men fan, I immediately start thinking about 
the hatred towards mutants and stuff like that. And it makes me hearken, well, is there a link between the two? Or is he just sick and tired of all of these superhero things, super ability people doing stuff? I don't know, but he's kind of starting to show his stripes. And when he boots him off, you know there's something up. And Darcy goes into the computer. She's digging through, finding information. Uh, yeah, this is really interesting. And now that a lot of these characters got sucked into the new world, and as the, the wall comes around, and well, it's wait, like, back up because truck. Where, you got to back up because you, you jumped the thing. So, ba so the, when the vision's outside of the city and pieces of him are being pulled back in, and and uh, Wiccan comes and says, There's something, you know, comes to Wanda and says, There's something wrong with dad. She basically freezes everything inside the city and then uses her power to start expanding the dome, you could say, the hex, the hex dome of the city out. So that's what Dennis was talking about. So basically, I assumed once she expanded it enough to encapsulate the vision again and he was back to being fixed, you know, that it would stop. But she just keeps expanding it to where everybody has to jump in their cars and take off. And then, like, you know, you see how when it goes over, like, one of the military vehicles, once the military vehicles inside this, you know, Westville, it became an ice cream truck or something. Yeah. And was. a lot of the people, a lot of the military people on the outside became part of a, a carnival you know, clowns and stuff when they came into it. So it's weird. It's cool how in her world that she created, you know, the things change from, you know, uh, the real world to once they go through into that world. But, but it kind of ties in. Remember one of our earlier episodes when we were talking about like when that beekeeper came up through the uh, sewer grate. Right. What, what Was there anything more sinister to it or – did he just get turned into a beekeeper when it right. when it came up? And the cable that was attached became a jump rope. I, I think that we're starting to see you just become a character within her world, and she assigns you a role, which was cool because in the center of the town, everybody's bustling. They got this role. They're interactive. As you start getting to the outskirts of the town – you actually see like one woman, she's trying to hang up the ghost and she's just doing the motion back and forth because they're like literally in limbo and you see a tear coming down. Yes, I was going to mention up. that. That tear was just so, because, so like Dennis said, there's this woman trying to hang something up and it's just going through the motion and that's it. And behind her is her husband putting a pumpkin down picking it up, backing up, walking forward, putting it down, picking it up, backing up. And then, yeah, they zoomed in on her and she, you just see this little tear because she's not 100% in. Like she knows subconsciously she's stuck. Yes. And I, yes. That was just stuck such in, a great like, theme. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a really good show. Like I said, this episode really answered a lot of questions they're, they're going to try and work their way in. Some of them were sucked in when she expanded everything. So this is going to be really interesting. Well, and then um, well, Darcy's Monica, in there now, too. So Monica it'll be curious right. to see what Darcy is inside this thing. 
Right. But then Monica Rambeau, she, she, there, there's also a tell there because she's like, well, I've got somebody who can help me get inside. And who do you think well, she's talking about? He can help me get it inside. So they've narrowed down 50% of the universe that could do it. You know, a lot of people are thinking it's like the Blue Marvel or somebody like that who has some ability like that to get in. So this is going to be interesting who they bring in. There's a lot, a lot of theories on, on who's out there and everybody's got a different opinion. I don't think we have enough information um, on, on who that could be, um, but she knows yeah, it's the only, guy who can help them. The only person that's that comes to mind that we've seen so far in the MCU that I could imagine helping her get inside is either Doctor Strange or, and the only reason I'm saying this is, I don't know, is Ant-Man which I guess doesn't make sense, but because he's so technologically and stuff. I yeah. don't know. But don't know. Doctor I mean, Strange is the only one. So, yeah, maybe it's Doctor Strange. We'll, we'll find out. But anyway, she, she they at least gave us a little hint in this one. So it'll be fun to see what they, what they go with. Yeah, it'll be cool to see what they cook up. All right, let's move on to uh, Falcon Winter Soldier dumped a new trailer during the Super Bowl, which was awesome. So we're going to play that, and then we're going to talk about it for a little bit. You got that ready to go, boss? I do. Let's roll. So, who would like to start? Mr. Barnes, why does Sam aggravate you? 15 seconds to drop! So what's our plan? Great. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to Look leave at the Zebo mask. Oh my God. I love that. You know, it's my first reaction was, I mean, it, the quality, it looks like a movie trailer. It's, it's, it's hard for me to wrap around that that's going to be a episodic, you know, eight to 10 episode show. 
You know, right. when, when when you saw the WandaVision trailer, it wasn't hard for me because they shot it, you know, using TV stuff of the time period, you know, uh, technology. So you got a sense of, oh, TV show. Um, but with this, you're just like, oh, my God, this looks like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a TV show. And every time I would see like, a tr uh, you know, the coming next week, I was just like, well, it's, you know, it looks nice, but it's TV. But this just looks so much like a movie. And it is it is so well done. I love the the buddy cop aspect of it. And just yeah. in that first scene, it totally reminded me of Iron Man and Captain America from the first Avengers after Thor took Loki and Cap was like, you know, what's the plan or whatever, or whatever he said. And Iron Man was like, this is the plan, you know, whatever. Remember when he jumped out of the back of the Quinjet yep. to go after Thor and Cap was just like, what the... <laughs> Yeah, dude, it looks really good, and I know Jackson's on with us right now asking about Tiger Shark and Grim Reaper. <laughs> Grim Reaper's going to be in it. No, but we know Baron Zemo's going to be in it, or they just call him Zemo, in the, I think, in the movies and the show. So, Jackson, do, do you have the first appearance? That's going to be my question. Do you have the first appearance of Zemo? So, yeah, that looks really cool. I'm going to be curious to see what uh, – what they're going to have Zemo do and with the two of them going after him. So yeah, that looked really good by the way. That's just, it, it's it, WandaVision is now starting to feel more like a movie because yes. we're getting into the other field. This one looks like it's going to kick off feeling just like it's going to be one really long broken up movie. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't know much about it other than you know, as of now, Zemo, Zemo, whatever, is going to be the bad guy. But there's always more than just one. Uh, I love the fact that Sharon Carter's coming back. Yes. You know, Agent 13. I love that actress. She's on a show called The Resident that I watch. So it's it's Emily Vandekamp, I think, is the actress's Van name. Vandekamp. Yep. Vandekamp? Yep. So, yeah, so she's cool. So I'm glad she's coming back. Um it just looks like a fun buddy, you know, buddy cop thing. It's going to have some humor. I mean, just that one scene where Winter Winter Soldier was hanging on to the bottom of the the the, the eighteen wheeler, and kids like, man, she kicked your ass. Yeah, I do think I, it's I, weird. I, I think they're friends with Steve Rogers, but I don't think they're totally meshing. They've got this testosterone. We're going to butt heads against each other. One of us is going to be the alpha, but he left. Steve left you the shield. I, I think there's going to be some of that tension, but in the end, it'll all be because they are heroes pulling together. But I think that's going to add some pretty interesting looking tension uh, uh, to the show. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it'll be good. You know, it 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 reminds me a bit of Lethal Weapon with the playoff of the two characters. Yeah, I so, hadn't thought of that. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm really looking forward to it. It's when did it say March something? So I March wonder. 19. So I it wonder if, be, well, I wonder if that's the week after the finale of WandaVision. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, just logging in the head, 
that it's about right. It's either the immediately the week after or maybe the week after that. Yeah. Yeah. Be so good. yeah, it's coming up. So and and it looks good. We know we'll be watching it. I kind of hope that when WandaVision dropped, didn't they drop the first two episodes at once yeah. and then it first went two dropped opening night. I hope they do I hope they just drop one. I want to last longer. <laughs> well, I for WandaVision, I'm glad it did um because of the style that they had, you know, built it around. You know, because they were really insignificant episodes in terms of actual real world consequences. Oh, yeah. So that made sense. And I'm kind of glad we got two of them out of the way because the third one, that one at the very end is where it started. We got our pull into the real world and its effect. So this one might not do that because I've got a feeling it's just going to be right out of the gate. Interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. That's true. Fair point. Fair point. All right. Let's move on to the fun topic of all. Gina Carano um, getting basically the boot from Disney. Uh, Dennis, why don't you fill us in on the backstory? I know she just got the boot. I know the tweet. We're going to show it here of why she got the boot. Yeah, so she sent out a Twitter and Instagram, basically. Hold on, I'm going um, to show now, mine so it shows better. There we yeah. go. Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, one of the things Gina is is unapologetic for and always has been, she tweets what's on her mind or she, you know, puts it out on social media. And apparently this was the straw that broke the the camel's back. And we're putting it up there so you can read it. But she's basically saying, you know, the Jews were beaten in the street, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today do not realize that uh, to get the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating somebody for their political views? So she is referring to right now the climate where people are openly stating, you know, if you're conservative or if you're a Trump supporter or whatever the case may be, you know, you're being kicked off of shows. You're being your banks are dropping you. um, Sponsors are dropping you just because even though you've really never said anything wrong. So she goes, she's basically saying history is proving a point that just for being who you are, first it starts with your neighbors. You can either agree or disagree with her viewpoint. But if you look at it, you know, you go back and it's like you said, she's she's talking about a narrative being formed about a group of people. Right. Right. And when you look at over the past four years where you have. Uh, people in the media that you can find sound bites of them basically saying, you know, if you were a Trump supporter, you're a racist. If you were a Trump supporter, you support a Nazi and things like that. And if you beat that drum long enough, you know, if you cry wolf long enough, it'll start changing the way, not necessarily, I don't know if changing the way people think, but it'll basically just pound it into the, into people's heads 
oh, you like this, so you automatically must be this. Right. And the, and th the thing I like to equate, hold on, the thing I like to equate is if somebody says that, I like to go, well, do you like dogs? And if the person goes, yeah, I love dogs. Why? I go, oh, really? Do you know there are bad people in this world that love dogs? I guess that makes you a bad person. And of course, it's like, no, 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 no. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. The old adage is if you say something over and over again, eventually it becomes true. But yeah. um, Lucasfilm, so this is the, the, the quote that's, that's what kicked everything off. The, I guess the open flame. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, said a Lucasfilm spokesperson in a statement to the to the rap. So that is what they're saying, that it was aberrant and abhorrent and, and unacceptable. Now, so, yeah. well, I was just going to say the question is to that, let's play this. This looks pretty, uh, this doesn't look that acceptable and it could come across as a little abhorrent, you know? Yeah. Uh, who posted this one? Well, that would be one of Pedro Pascal's posts, oh. which is, for most of you who know it, it's the Mandalorian himself. So he posts, you know, losers in 1865, the Confederacy, losers in 1945, Nazis, losers in 2020, and he has a Make America Great Again hat. So he's saying basically Trump supporters are losers. And but what he's the big picture of the equation is he's saying they're all just as bad. Right now, so you're comparing everybody who lives in the South, potentially, who were Confederates during the Civil War. You're comparing them with Nazis who obviously were a fascist regime. I would not call Confederates a fascist regime. And yeah. then you're but then you're saying mega people, people who like Trump that, you know, you're lumping them all together and then losers because there's winners and losers in every single thing, every single election. So why pick out those particular three demographics? Right. Because and, it's the narrative that's been put in the media for the last four years. And the Mandalorian came out there. Disney didn't say a word. Right. And that's the thing. And see, here's here's the thing that some people might say, which is, oh, you just have to resort to whataboutism. But the problem is, that's what most things do. It's, well, what about this guy? There's nothing wrong with saying, well, what about this guy to prove a point? And the point is, I find this post worse than what Gina posted. Hers was trying to get at least a point from a historical standpoint. If we If we keep thinking this way, this is what will eventually happen. You won't be able to, you know, she's saying you won't be able to openly think thoughts or say anything because I, I, I keep picturing of, you know, uh, invasion of the body snatchers. You know, uh, Donald Sutherland turns around. They're all like, ah! you know, they say anything and they're all screaming and pointing at you. And they're like, look, look, he thinks this way. Oh, my God, it's the end of it. 
look, if that's and that's what she her point is, is we're heading in that direction, because if you say anything, you're immediately labeled. Right. Here's another post by Mr. Uh, Pedro Pascal from June 20th, 2018, where he's saying this is America. And he shows uh, Germany in 1944 during the Holocaust at an encampment. And then America 2018, referencing the kids in cages. One of the problems is that picture from America 2018 isn't even from America, from what I've uh, what I've heard. Uh, that's from Israel. That's not the point. The point is, this is a pretty pretty bad tweet, you know, and nothing. Right. He's trying to compare the kids, what they're saying happened on the border, which, of course, he compared them to Trump. Although the problem with that entire analogy is those cages that were built to house people were actually built under President Obama. So the entire narrative is a false narrative. But with that right. being said, you are now comparing the illegal immigrants that are coming over to the country with a group of a group of people that were put and exterminated in camps. Hers did not talk about extermination. Her was talking about a mindset. He unfortunately makes a direct comparison. And yeah. again, was there any outrage? My issue is the hypocrisy in all of this. That well, that's, that's the whole thing. When both people have made basically opposite viewpoints, one gets fired for it and the other one basically gets praised. Right. And that's the point. I mean, you know, I'm not bashing Pedro for this and I'm not celebrating Gina for what, you know, her posts. I don't care. <laughs> you know, know everyone's allowed I, for their opinion that that's right. my point is if pedro wants to post this that's fine that's on him if gina wants to post what she said that's fine that's on her for us to want to cancel somebody because they have a differing viewpoint and i'm just looking at the ones that are posted which one's worse obviously i think i have my opinion but they're entitled to their opinion, and if we're going to cancel every person for every single thing that we disagree with, we're going to have nothing left. Exactly. But it gets worse, right? So that is dealing with uh, that. Now, this is uh, Jack, who's a producer. So, again, we're dealing with the same show. Hashtag mega kids go screaming hats first into the wood chipper. And you can see what looks like kids' coats in the bottom of a wood chipper and blood spraying out all over a snow mound, basically. Yep. This was Disney employees producer Jack Morrissey who tweeted that the mega kids should go into the chipper. Basically advocating that the kids of people who support Trump should be thrown into a wood chipper and exterminated. And, Telling and and this guy isn't canceled at all? Nothing bad what? said? I mean, Nobody. it's just... People were laughing about it online. Oh, yeah, look at that. Seriously, apples and oranges, people. Well, like, once again, you, you, you do the shoe... I always say default to the shoe on the other foot test. The shoe on the other foot test is if, you know, if, I don't know, Tim Allen. Tim Allen's pretty outspoken you know, the actor, 
for his yep. conservative views. If Tim Allen posted this, but said, you know, hashtag, I don't know, liberal kids or something. I don't know. But basically just put the shoe another foot. Oh my God. People's hair would be on fire. There'd be screaming from the rooftops. It would make the Today Show, Good Morning America. It would make all those outlets most likely. Yep. So yep. it's just, it's it's plain hypocrisy. And that's that's the issue that, that I have. I know Dennis has, and a lot of people have. It's just the blatant hypocrisy of it. And it's just, okay, whatever. And But, you know, it's like, no, you're reading it wrong. It's like, okay. It, it, it should be equal justice under the law, equal justice in the workplace. It, you've got to apply the same standard to one side as you do to the other. There can't be something completely different. And in this particular case, uh, Lucasfilm, so Lucasfilm is the one that officially let her go. All right. Um, John Favreau, apparently, because everybody's waiting for a tweet, furious behind the scenes. Uh, Mike Zero just put out a, a post and he kind of went into depth on what happened. Um, that John Favreau had had no idea that this was coming. Matter of fact, again, it couldn't have been worse timing. They just finished writing the script for season three of The Mandalorian. She was heavily involved in the script. I mean, right. he's really pissed. He even said he developed this character specifically, Kara, Kara Dune, for Gina. This He literally made this character with her in mind. And now, well, we'll just recast her as something else. He doesn't want to recast her. No, I now wouldn't recast it either. Completely write, write the entire character out, have to redo everything. The other interesting thing was they had their earnings call and did, apparently Lucasfilm wanted to do this or certain people in it, Kathleen Kennedy, and um, but they were wanted to do it after the earnings call. Well, somebody slipped up and released it early before the earnings call and people started canceling Disney Plus in droves. I was watching a live stream yesterday and so many people were going, yep, just canceled, just canceled, just canceled. And the Disney operators didn't even know how to respond basically to it. They're like, we're really not aware. Well, this is why we're canceling the show. And it made its way up to the shareholders because Disney stock was going down and it, it did at least make an impact for the shareholders meeting. Um, but, you know, the problem is we just want really good TV. We don't want all of this, you know, this drama. And you've got to let people say what they want. And again, if I'm going to look at the things we just pointed to, which is worse, I, I'm I'm going to go with that. Now, Gina has the problem is Gina's always been outspoken. I yeah. mean, this is well before she was hired for the part or was even written for. Her. So you knew what you were getting with an outspoken type person. But then again, somebody like Alec Baldwin, he speaks his mind openly and stuff like that, and you don't get the same reaction. Nope. But you knew what you were getting. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. What's next? Like, she, here's even one she posted. she posted. Yeah. This is funny. This is funny. How many people haven't posted memes? And I'm not saying she got in trouble for this. I don't think she did. 
Um, but this, we're just showing this because I think it's funny. It might take you, like when I first saw this, Dennis found this. When I first saw it, I'm looking at it going, what's this have to do with anything? And then I caught, you know, eat the word in each line. And it's just that meme going around about Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> that just cracks me up. And that's just one that's been going around since like the day after he killed himself. <laughs> yeah. With air quotes, he killed himself. Um, so, you know, so that's just funny. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about uh, double standard with James Gunn. James so, Gunn, these uh, tweets are like, go all the way back to 2009. And so, so for we got to give a little background. So James Gunn, uh, he had a bunch of tweets that came out that he had posted. It was out there and they were really revolting. I mean, we you can see, kind of see some of them um, up on here. And it was such outright. It, it talks a little bit about you know, pedophilia, things like, you know, uh, along those lines, um, you know, and some of the stuff was even highlighted. And again, nobody at the time was saying anything. Um, and there's, there's actually a couple of pages of them out there. It's amazing how bad these are and grotesque. And it's something that you wouldn't ever want to see. Apparently, then they finally somebody outed it and started posting it, and then outrage came. Disney had no choice but to fire James Gunn, right? And at the time, and then of course you had the actors and actresses from Guardians of the Galaxy saying, "Well, if you're firing James Gunn, we don't want to do the movie." Blah 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 blah, and they're like, "Because this is perfectly acceptable behavior." Like I said. And, and these, these aren't even these are if these are jokes, they're in no way funny. But you're allowing this, and they rehire him for Guardians of the Galaxy three as soon as everything kind of dies down a little bit. Well, and the thing is, like, I don't I, uh, these. The first one of these is 2009. The last one is 2012, and then we've got another screen that goes. You know, so it looks like the late. It looks like it goes back to starts at 2009, goes to 2012. So as of right now, that's nine years ago. When all this originally happened with James Gunn, was it like two years ago? Maybe yeah. three years ago? So let's say it was three years ago. That's 2018. So the latest, the last tweet was still six years removed from when the Hubba Baloo came out and Disney fired him. Six years removed. I don't think, you know, you might not like these tweets. You might not find the humor in them. I don't know what he was going for. I have a weird sense of humor. There's no way I would ever tweet anything like this at all. I don't even think stuff like this. I, I mean, anybody that knows me is like, man, your sense of humor is weird. And then I see stuff like this and I go, well, it's not that weird because this is just effed up. But my point is I wouldn't have fired him. I probably, you know, I would have looked if, if the last tweet was 2018 and these were all really current, I might've been like, dude, what's up? But 2012 to 2018, it's been six years. I wouldn't have fired him over it. 
I might have talked to him as his employer and said, hey, you're working for us. We're Disney. We have certain values at Disney. You need to tone that. We don't want to see it. Period. We don't want to see it. He removed them. That was one of the things that they said. Gina removed hers after they they got upset about it. Again. So, you know, if you do that, great. You, You know, people people make mistakes. You move on. So I wasn't I wasn't for having him fired over this stuff, but it didn't last because once again, you had guys like Dave Bautista and some other actors from the movie step up and go, if Gunn doesn't direct Guardians 3, I'm out. It's just like, okay, well, then you should be stepping up for Gina and saying for the same reasons she should be hired. She should not be fired from the character of Cara Dune because it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, set the same standards across the board is what it is. But I guess, I guess if we're looking for, well, there's two things, a good ending. There's a good, there's a good ending from the standpoint for her because uh, the breaking news was Gina Carano, uh, Carano gets set up with a film project with Ben Shapiro's The Daily Wire after yep. the Mandalorian firing. And she gets to produce and act in something that's in something that she's always wanted to do. So there's a good ending for her. She'll always be able to be hired somewhere. Um, I mean, she's very talented. She's incredibly great to, to watch. I'm going to be bummed. From the Star Wars standpoint... It, it's very sad because, I mean, outside of Baby Yoda, I mean, she was a fantastic character. And when her and Carl Weathers teamed up, I mean, I because she was getting her own spinoff. That's yeah, the- they were thinking about putting her in a spinoff with, uh, wasn't she going to be in a spinoff with basically Katie Sackhoff and those characters? We, no, she was going to have her own. Um, oh. It's a spinoff because the other ones are all Mandalorians. Oh. Um, I don't know if they, if they were going to set it up where they were going to cross over between them and stuff like that. But um, she was going to get her own spinoff. We were all looking, very much looking forward to it. Well, we know now the spinoffs sure not going to happen. And with her character, if it, they recast it, eh. You should you know you, uh, yeah. Honestly... You know, I've seen stuff online about, oh, they should cast uh, Lucy Lawless as, you know, recast Lucy Lawless in the role. And I'm like, Lucy Lawless Lawless. is like 20 years older than than Gina is. So even from that standpoint, you're not going to cast an actress that's 20 years older. And it's just not going to be the same. She had a very unique look. What's that? I love Lucy Lawless as an actress. I think she's great. And she would be great to bring on as a character, but you're not going to fill her shoes. You're just not going to. Um, and the Star Wars fans, there's there's a lot of, of angry Star Wars fans out there um, over over the entire situation. I mean, you you you've every single time Disney has to put their foot into something, and now they're gonna they're gonna blame her and say, well, she's the one who did it. Well, again, we've just seen what what happened. Other people are saying bad things in their own mind or perspective on it, and they're they're perfectly fine. Anyway, it, it 
this is really going to put a damper on potentially Mandalorian. I don't know about the rest of uh, the Star Wars universe. If it will have an impact or not, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. We'll find out, but everybody was touching on this story. It was a pretty hot-button story this week, so we want to touch on it as well. Uh, that's it for the show. We appreciate you joining us again on this Friday episode. We'll be back Monday around 4 o'clock, 4 or 5 o'clock. We'll post up so you know when. And uh, until then, everybody have a great weekend. And uh, actually, Monday's President's Day. So we'll still do it. I'm just saying it's a three-day weekend for most people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Everything's shut down. Well, yeah. we'll give you something to do on Monday then. That's right. So around 4 or 5 o'clock, I'll post up something later so you know the exact time. But until then, thank you for joining us. You can always check the YouTube channel. Please like it, subscribe to it, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live. And uh, it's the Dennis and Andy show. You can find us on Facebook as well. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.